favorite neighbors. This is Sis. This is Squirt. We went to Renfair today. We happen to live in one of the states that has a standard, constant Renaissance festival. <laughs> what is the actual title? Is I don't remember. It, I think it's festival. I think it is. A Renaissance festival that occurs every summer from end of August into end of October. And so we went today. We usually try to go at least once a year. And today, I... I mean, what did you think? I think today was one of the most fun days we've had at the Renaissance Festival. (laughs) Now, for anybody who's like, oh, my God, they're those people. No, we are not those people. However, there are sort of sis and squirt rules to the Renaissance Festival, which are going to be just sort of sprinkled in through here because we've never really written them down or said them out loud. One is there are no cool kids at the Renaissance Festival. So if you are going to go, you have to go and be prepared to participate. You cannot go and turn your nose up and say everything is hokey or stupid, even if it is. But you have to understand when you paid the money and went through the gates, you are now part of that hokey and stupid thing. So enjoy yourself. Have a good time. Participate. When the court comes by and they're asking everybody to bow, bow, damn it. You know, like, it's just fun and it's what you paid your money to go see the other unofficial rule of the uh, renaissance festival is eat everything you can fried and on a stick the better they have at our renaissance festival a few years ago they added fried oreos and fried snickers and fried milky ways which i love (laughs) and i had been dreaming about all summer and this day i indulged completely in the fried food and i just ate whatever i wanted and that is part of the fun of the renaissance festival as well we started earlier than we usually did this year and we got to the park right when it opened and we were able to really spend time in some of the shops uh, unlike before when we're always being rushed it wasn't hot it wasn't crowded it was just a really fun time we were a little bit of veterans so we knew where to go like you know you don't spend so things seem longer and more arduous when you don't know where you're going yes and you end up spending so much time looking at this and looking at that but you kind of know that like i know this is here and that is there and and you know, looking at other things, which I think is fantastic. Every time I've gone, I've I've been like, look, I don't dress up. I don't. I feel like you either have to go big or go home. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in wearing a corset and jeans. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Not to the rim fair. You either wear a corset with a skirt and everything, or you just put on a t-shirt. But I want to go because I am black. I want to go dressed as a Moor mm-hmm. because that is what I would have been at the time. And I just haven't pulled myself together to get the costume in order and get a bunch of people to come with me because I think it would be amazing if, like, the Queen of the Moors Mm -hmm. met the Queen of the Renaissance Festival. (laughs) Because they have bits and pieces of the outfit. Like, they have the the belly scarf with the chains yeah. on it and that was Egyptian. Yeah. Um and and they have a couple of the headrests and head scarves, which once again was Egyptian. Mm-hmm. And so I just need to get the full quote unquote pajamas because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes you know, they are. The full you know, the full pajamas and roll up. I'm just kinda nervous that like Homeland Security will come get me <laughs> instead of instead of them realizing that no, no, it's I'm dressed costume. up for the Renaissance yes. Festival. Yeah. And we do, and I have to say, so yeah, we have those rules, and you you must eat everything, and everything is fried and on a stick, and it's just spectacular being fried and on a stick. Yeah. But the one thing 
that I do do is I do judge not just the corsets and jeans because I was like, I can even let go of the corsets and jeans, but just the non-period wrong outfit. Yes. Like sometimes they're close. I get it. It's not something you have in your closet every day. Mm -hmm. I understand. But the Halloween pirates costume? (laughs) No. Yes. The witches costume? No. Mm -hmm. Those aren't Renaissance. They're just witches. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't count. So I judge you people. Yeah. But I get, like, sometimes, like, there are a couple outfits where it was a gotten the the top and the corset, but the skirt was, like, T-length or Mm mid-calf. And I was like, really, the skirt needs to come down to your ankle. Yes. But I get it. You may not have an ankle-length skirt. So you went. With as far as you could go, I will give it to you. But other ones? You know what I didn't see a lot of this year, which I didn't even realize I didn't see it, except we didn't laugh at it? The, oh, how do, what's the best way to describe them? The overly pretentious, overly focused theater kids, <laughs> you know, who... <laughs> At some point in the park, they have high drama, and then they, like, spend the rest of the park, like, not slouching around, like, stalking around. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is because the first time I ever went to Ren Fair, I, I ended up going with some of the kids from my college who mm-hmm. were... Overly pretentious Overly theater pretentious kids. theater uh-huh. kids. But it's like, there'll be a group of, say, five or six kids. Mm-hmm. And I do mean kids. Like, they can't drink yet. Mm-hmm. And they'll be, like, maybe two three girls in the group two let's say let's see three girls right three girls and three boys but it's that sort of sitcom setup so really only two are really going to hook up Mm -hmm. the rest are like friends of friends or Mm -hmm. have other girlfriends and i'll just want to go whatever so and of course the first time i went i was a friend of a friend so like i wasn't going to hook up with any of the guys but at some point that group of six something happens to schism them and oh, always inevitably, in those three guys, two of the guys are going after one of the girls, even though they haven't actually said it. And so, like, something will happen, and one of the guys will get the girl, and then the other guy spends the rest of the day, like, stomping around Renfair. And the thing about it is, is I know they believe that this is not public, but you can see it yeah. when you are outside <laughs> of that group, and you're just like, I know you. Yes. You know, it's like, you're one of the six. You yeah. came in. Yeah. And But what, I didn't really see a lot of college kids this time there were older families mm-hmm. um and I, by older families i just mean families with kids like yeah. baby baby kids and then there was us and then there were the people that i love but i still feel they're, that they're wrong which is they come in in street clothes they have their steins and they go directly to the bar and like they're like i'm not watching jousting i'm not getting a turkey leg i just want to drink until i puke yeah. but there were a lot of them and then there was us but i didn't really see a lot of theater people in addition to going to Ren Fair, we saw Killer Elite. Mm-hmm. We had known about Killer Elite for a while because, as everyone knows, we're fans of Chuck. Yvonne Strahovski is in Killer Elite. She's been doing interviews for Killer Elite. She's been doing interviews for Chuck. She's been doing all of this stuff. I truly, seeing the interviews as they're coming up and like the events and everything, I don't really know when she sleeps Mm -hmm. because she seems to just be going at 100 miles an hour Mm -hmm. to Toronto for the Killer Elite premiere and then to so-and-so for a Chuck interview and it's not even on the air yet and then to Army Base for screening and this, that and the other and then all this stuff and then like they have late filming nights. Anyway, I'm sorry, it's not my place to say like like, Mm -hmm. possibly she's over 
worked. But so we had known about Killer Elite. I was nervous about it. I'll be honest because hype will kill a movie for me. I feel I can tell when a movie is not strong. So studios try to do a lot to make you want to go see it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm alone in this, but it sort of gets that sort of tinge of desperation. Just it's so not over the top, but there's just so much of it that you're like, the studio really doesn't know where this is supposed to go. So they're just casting the net wide and just throwing everybody everywhere. Similar to ABC Family's The Lion Game, how they were like, we're going to show a rerun of the pilot episode. Be sure you don't miss it. You kind of hear that, oh, we didn't get the numbers that we wanted. We're going to do it again just to make sure you didn't miss it sort Mm -hmm. of thing. So it finally came out this weekend and I was tentative to read some of the reviews and the reviews were like it's not really a good movie and I was like damn it but also background on this the last Jason Statham movie that I had seen but and I actually thought I wanted to see it was the mechanic and I ended up falling asleep halfway through it I just I was now in my fair in fairness I was very 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 tired but I also just really wasn't attracted to the storyline or anything not that he's the writer of them but Mm -hmm. it says something about the types of movies that he likes to do but then I was like you know what fine we just have to go see this movie we have to go do this we just do and so after run fair after a day of drinking and prancing around the park we made it to to go see the movie and I okay, it was it was fine. It's it's not as bad as the critics say. I think what I felt was missing was a few things. One, I like really smart movies where the the characters are like one step ahead of like the bad guy or they have the plan all laid out. This one really wasn't that. And to me, I mean, and it, it's not a bad thing about the movie. It's just not the sort of action movies that I like. I like it when I, I like like the diehards where, you know, like, yeah, he's running around like a mad person and he doesn't have his gun and he's not like super prepared, but he plans in advance and he makes these plans. And when he taunts the bad guy, he has a backup plan or like a way that he wants the bad guy to respond to fall into his next trap. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And this was not that. And I think part of the reason this wasn't that was because it was sort of based on a quote unquote true story. And the reason I say quote unquote is because it's all like the government has denied it's actually a true story and blah, 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 and whatever. But so they tried to give as much homage to the written story. But as Glenn Weldon said when he was talking about the Green Lantern, you can do that, but it's sort of in pursuit of silly because you're giving so much homage and so much credence and so much love to the original story that it doesn't work as a movie. I also just sort of left the theater thinking, what was the point? Like, I just, I didn't really understand what any of the characters got from any of it. And I I don't need a moral ending for everything, but I just didn't really... Yeah, to to tag on to that, I agree with you. My beef is that I didn't care about the characters. Yeah. Like, at all. Like, they didn't give us enough of a story to care why this guy is doing this or why these guys are doing this or to even begin to like them two of the kind of main characters die at a certain point mm-hmm. and while I was shocked I wasn't upset because I really didn't get a chance to know them like in all fairness can't remember their names can't even remember the main character's name 
because like Danny. they just huh Danny Danny thank you but because they just don't I don't care about him like I don't care about him enough it's like that's a dude that's a dude it's like watching a third party game and I don't know if they were trading on the fact that it was a true story that they didn't feel the need to take the extra five or ten minutes and put some footage in there to make us care and they were trading on the fact that people coming to this would already know about these guys or what but they didn't they didn't take the time to do that. They just kind of dropped us in the middle and it, we're like, okay, that's great. I mean, I know ele- on elementary wise, I'm on this guy's side. Right. Because you're telling me that he is the good guy. Right. So I will watch this and see how this good guy will win. But other than that, I could care less. Right. And I think part of that is, uh, this is sort of a long way to get around it. I think this is, well, A, what happens when there is more than one production house? Like, I'm that person who I notice in the credits when there's more than one production house or more than one. I feel that the movie has lost its way because each production house gets a chance to, like, re-edit it and re-edit it. And so each one so sort of, I think, nips away at it until you're left with this, like, weird mesh of stuff. <laughs> the other thing about it, though, is I think they left out the heart. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not always saying that the love story is the heart, but I really think in this movie, the love story could have been used a lot better, mm-hmm. not just because it's Yvonne Strahovski, but it has the heart. It has the grounding. Mm-hmm. It, and in fairness, it has the thing that ultimately, quote unquote, he's fighting for, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the thing that he's doing all of this for. Well, he's doing it to get his, his friend out, but he's also doing it to, you know, sort of end that and be able to start his life with his girl. Yeah. And they just sort of knocked that in. But I think if they had centered the story around the heart, like actually put, but another movie that spent, I feel, too much time on the love story, and that was not the heart of the movie, was Red. The thing with Red was they, they pushed too much into the... I, I, Mary Stewart? No, Mary... It doesn't matter. The character. That yeah. character mm-hmm. uh, with Bruce Willis's love story. But that's not the heart. The heart of it was the team. And so they needed to, like, focus on the team's interactions and let the love story just sort of be a few little things. I think on this one, they spent too much time on the team, which, as you said, it's like there wasn't... They didn't but there's spend no any heart time on there. the team. Yeah, no, they didn't. But there was That's no heart there, and, and they didn't put the heart where... Or they didn't put the focus on the heart of the story, which is where it should have been, which was the love story. But okay. yes. I dis- well, not disagree, but even if they didn't, I agree with you on the heart. They didn't put it anywhere. They didn't necessarily have to do it in the love story, but they definitely didn't do it in the team. The whole plot kind of centers around the fact that J- I'm calling him Jason Statham is trying to get out Robert De Niro. <laughs> I don't remember their characters' names. Right. Is trying to get out Robert De Niro because he's his buddy. But you know what? As far as the film goes, they never established that loyalty. You never establish why he's so loyal. I mean, you get, like, okay, so you make it up as a viewer. They must have been through lots of missions together. This guy must be like his father to him. I mean, they start the movie off with all these guys being on one mission. But in all fairness, you don't even know all of the guys on the mission until the mission is done. And you get, like, 30 seconds of, like, a snapshot of them together. And then they've dispersed. Yeah. So you're like, whoa, whoa, oh, you were on that mission, too? You were on that mission? Because that one dude, the one dude who I think is supposed to be from America... I didn't even realize him realize that he was in the Mexico mission oh. in the very beginning. Like, I was like, "Oh, you must have been in that Mexico mission." Yeah, so they they don't establish that and they don't I don't I 
not that I don't understand Jason Statham's loyalty, like to Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. but I I can get it as an adult, but it's not explained on screen no. as to why he's willing to risk. Because they're all like, you know, this mission that you're going to go on is suicide, mm-hmm. pretty much. Why he's willing to risk a suicide mission to get his friend out, right. and I, and and then why his other friends are willing to risk a suicide mission as the team rolls together. Like, I feel like some of this could have easily been solved with like, even as little as creating like a pub scene where they're all sitting around drinking beers or like, and shooting the shit, like not talking about it, but something just to show that there is a camaraderie between them or any sort of like, Love or loyalty. Yeah, because every scene was planning the heist in action. Yeah. Planning the heist in action. Every single one. And there was nothing to show that bond. And they, and I feel maybe they tried to do it. And they tried a little bit with the love Mm -hmm. interest, with the like New Year's and the building of the house, like those few scenes. But they were so few and far between that it really didn't build either. Yeah. So I, I feel that the heart was missing across the board and making the audience care. Yeah, and I I agree with you and I think part well well I know that there were scenes that were filmed that were cut <laughs> which I feel is part of that they just cut some of it. But the other part of it is I think they were just giving too much power to the written word. Like I haven't read the book. I don't know what the book how the book starts. But if the book sort of went by this sort of a framework, I would probably consider it a pretty interesting read because it, you know, it it, tur- it turns back in time, it flashes back, it flashes forward. But as a movie, it does not work this way. Yeah, okay. and they really could have, even in keeping to the book, they could have, um, they could have told the story differently, but told the same story. And I, I mean, I don't know why, but I just didn't think it was a strong way to tell this story. Like, to be honest, I kind of don't care. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff mm-hmm. before we went to the movie. Yeah, because I turned to you when we started and I said, what, what war are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> I and was like, I consider myself okay on U.S. history, but dude, this was British history. I didn't know where the heck they were. Right. We didn't know what war. And now that I've left, I still don't know what war, nor do I care. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't care about about the SAS. I didn't know about the SAS. I don't care about the SAS. I didn't know about the Feathermen. I don't care about the Feathermen. Yes, I will agree that probably people died needlessly, but yeah, it's just, it wasn't... I I was going to say, I feel like part of that, like what you said, if it was a read, I feel like the book, because the name of the book was The Feathermen mm-hmm. or something like that, I feel like it turned on the uncovering of this group. Which would have been far more interesting. Interesting, yeah. Then, like, I mean, if it was possibly the author writing about the uncovering of this group would be so fascinating instead of what the group... I, I mean, like instead I said, of never this the one book, botched job... That the group told people to do. And maybe this was yeah. the huge botched job. I mean, maybe this was the... But if we have no basis for yeah. even understanding, like, what this group is or yeah. even if there is a group, like, yeah. I mean... The other thing about this, and I'll say this, I like him as an action hero. I really do. This isn't, and of course, he's a grown man and a very successful actor. He has got to lighten the fuck up. Jason Statham Mm -hmm. delivers all of his lines as though they are of the utmost importance and through clenched teeth. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, 
they it can't all be that big mm-hmm. or it can't all be that tortured mm-hmm. you know like you should be able to have a conversation that is some way shape or form relaxed mm-hmm. and there aren't any everything is life or death mm-hmm. and all of his movies have started to feel a little like that mm-hmm. like i'm so tortured inside i can't talk to you in more than five words mm-hmm. you know and it, it comes out it's very strained and i'm like I can deal with that when it's tempered with something, but on its own, it just seems like a lot mm-hmm. to take in. And it's bec- I really feel it's becoming sort of a trademark that's going to haunt him <laughs> versus like a character choice. Mm-hmm. Because we did see it for our girl. What did we think of our girl? I thought I thought she did a good job as you know someone who's gotten accustomed to a character that I know of her and I only watched half of that I love you movie and I only and the thing is the funny is I watched it before I watched Chuck so mm-hmm. I didn't know who she was yeah. in it but it was very interesting to have her be the girlfriend like the character not in the know not that I was waiting for her to bust out and like with a gun like Sarah does Mm -hmm. but it was very interesting for her to be the girl who has to be protected it was you know definitely different for us to see her that way but otherwise I mean I thought she did a good job unfortunately like her role was the girlfriend role and the way what they showed it theoretically could have been anyone yeah you know which that and the why i say unfortunately is because based on the character she plays on chuck and the bit of the i love you movie that i saw she's so freaking talented that like you could have used some more (laughs) just in case anyone actually does listen to these movies called i love you too thank you (laughs) But yeah, so I just feel like she they could have used her more. But I thought, you know, she did a good job. I don't think she took away at all. Like, I wasn't annoyed with no. her. Or, you know, sometimes they do that girlfriend character. And you're kind of like, really? Kind of like the character in Red. Um, I'm, like, I'm sorry. I will disagree with you on that. I liked her and I liked that story. I, I was very like happy it at all. with it. I was it. like, she's useless and she's whiny. and she does. Yeah, but no, I didn't feel that about um, Anne Yvonne Starofsky's character. Yeah. No, I liked her. And I feel like just just to defend um, the character in Red, is that, like, unlike Yvonne Strahovski's character, the character in Red got pulled into it. And I do, I will give, I gave her, I feel like she did, she had the right amount of screaming to the right amount, okay, this is it that I need. Like, she gets pulled into this situation willy-nilly out of nowhere from a guy that she's never met from red and she flips out and tries to get away and the first like three or four times she gets shot at because she is a normal average citizen she flips out but after the fourth time she's like okay let's do this and in who knows if she's ever fired a gun before or done any of that but so she's a little awkward but she still does the best she can and yeah she complains about it because i'm pretty sure if i got like thrown into that i'd be like oh <laughs> but so I feel like the this Yvonne Strahovski character in Killer Elite, if she had to pick up a gun and protect it, she, she might still do her the shaky kick, hand thing. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my defense for the woman. She, but because my beef, I've told you is that there are certain women that go on for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like really, really, it's the fifth time you're getting shot at and you're still you're doubting. Screaming all around. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so she picks it up, but yeah, but she's still shaky and clumsy, but she's like, okay, I'm in this now. Yeah. So, oh. But I, 
I thought she did a good job with what she was given. <laughs> I I've seen her in other things, and you have too. I've seen her in I Love You Too. I saw the entire movie. That one was interesting. Um, it was sweet. It I guess in Australia they don't have the hard lines between like romantic comedy and dramas. Or this one sort of blurred the edges between those two. But I liked it. I also saw Matching Jack. Which is the one where she plays uh, the mistress um, of the father of a bone marrow kid. And I know it sounds terrible, but she actually does like a really interesting role in there. And I, I saw that one. Um, I feel I've seen something else. Headland. Headland. Yes. With um, Rachel Harris, who is now on Charlie's Angels, which I haven't watched yet. Um, but yes, Headland. When she was on that, when she was a baby. Well, she wasn't a baby. She was young-ish. I guess she she must have been out of college at that point, but yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, clearly it's all her, but and she's actually been pretty solid. But it's definitely interesting to see some of the early stuff. She's just she's she's good. We always knew she was good, mm-hmm. but oh, I also saw the canyon where she plays the character who her and her husband go down into the canyon, mm-hmm. um, the Grand Canyon, and mm-hmm. then get lost and. All that things. I had to cover my eyes over the snake part, but and she did a really good job in that one. I would give the same criticism that I, to Killer Elite that I sort of gave to Attack the Block, but Attack the Block managed to be just a little bit more entertaining because it was just a little bit more funny. Which is the story's just not that thick. It's not that well told. From what they decided to slice out of it, it's just not that well told. And story is a really important part of why I watch movies. You know, as I said about Attack the Block, you know, when you finally boil it down, you're just like, really? That's the entire story? Mm-hmm. When you you watch Killer Elite, you're like, that story doesn't make any sense. But I really think that's the problem, is the the story itself, not really any of the actors and the actions. Well, the action sequences were sort of long and big and bad and, you know, blown over and and long I know I said long twice but like Mm -hmm. really extreme but that's fine that's the sort of movie it was all right then people's pop culture moment ready Mm -hmm. all right we are on people's pop culture moment 959 Jonas Brothers. Oh my god. Okay. Virginal New Jersey dreamboats drive little girls wild. What? That's it? That's all they wrote. That's all they wrote. <laughs> that's all they wrote. This occurred in 2009. Oh my god. So you know what? And then already you and I both know that's false. What? They were in 2009. They were in 2009, but the first time we ever saw the Jonas Brothers, they had done a cover of Poor Unfortunate Souls. Yeah. And but, that was before 2009. Yeah, but they weren't driving teens wild then. It was just them and their covers before they cut an album. Okay, fine. But so, when you first saw that Poor Unfortunate Souls, mm-hmm. you were all about them. I thought they were awesome. I yeah. thought that was a great cover. Yeah, it was It was a really good cover. Yeah, a punk was, rock cover of Poor Unfortunate Souls. Fantastic. Yeah. But then they, they threw and started doing their own songs. And I think, I think, I don't, I, in all fairness, I cannot besides Poor Unfortunate Souls, um, name a Jonas Brothers song. I know I heard one from their early album, and and I I listened to it, and I was like, eh. (laughs) I didn't hate it, didn't love it. I never watched the TV show that they they had. And um, and then I know I heard one from their, I don't know if it was their second, third, or fourth, but kind of like after one of them had gotten married, 
Only so, one like, of them was married at this point. Huh? Only one of them's married at this point. Yeah, so after one of them got married, I don't know. I think Nick, right? No. Kevin? I have no idea. Maybe Kevin. No. There's J- J- maybe it's Kevin. There's yeah. Joe, Nick, and I think his name is Kevin. Okay. I so think I, Kevin's the one that got married. Okay, so after that, and I was like, I hate this song. Yeah. I don't even know what it was, <laughs> but I heard it. I was like, really? Their voices are so whiny. Mm. Like, not, you know, not liking it at all. So I, that's my opinion on the Jonas Brothers. I think that they're talented for pop. I, th- I, I that they they have decent voices. That they are attractive enough. A little skinny, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, attractive enough for for guys. And they can play their instruments relatively well. And if they stayed in their window of this is what we're going to do, make pop music and do that well, that they would do really well. But the fact is, I think they think they're better than they are. Mm. And it's reaching to things and you're kind of like, you make okay pop music, nothing more. And um, I really think this one was the curly haired one. Nick? Kevin? Nick? The young one? No, whatever one. There, two of them have straight hair. And no, one has two cur- of them have curly hair. One has no, hair. no. Joe has long straight hair. Another one has short straight hair, and one has poofy curly hair. Anyway, the poofy curly hair one was the one that was in Les Mis. Who was in Les Mis? Nick. Nick. But his his isn't always poofy curly. Well, maybe they straightened it. But anyway, Nick. Like it. I mean, as as hard as he tried for the Les Mis performance, and he was passable. When you put him up against true Broadway talents, it's just like, dude, you can't compete. Right. You know, like, I mean, I know you worked hard and your singing was good and it was decent. But then the other performers get up there and effortlessly Mm -hmm. just trump you Mm -hmm. just with their range and talent. So that's kind of what I want to say. I'm like... I have no beef with the guys. I was like, you were marketed just well and fine. Your purity rings were perfect. You managed to swivel your your skinny little hips to do whatever you want. And like I said, the first real song, I love Poor Unfortunate Souls. And then the first real song that I had heard after that, um, I don't know. I was just kind of like, eh, it was decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- nothing nothing to love or hate. But then this last one, I think they were trying to get a little above their britches or, like, branch out into being something. And I, I was like, this is not not quality, at least to me. I was like, stick, stick to your strength. And I feel like kind of now mm-hmm. they – because they haven't really made anything recently. Yeah, no. That they're exploring their other talents, <laughs> uh, like, i.e., Les Mis, mm-hmm. or just partying. Yeah. I I think part of it is, do you remember the, oh, people talk about this all the time. There was, what was it? It was Ooh on the TLC tip, mm-hmm. and then Crazy Sexy Cool mm-hmm. um, for TLC, and mm-hmm. they commentators used to talk about this and this is true ooh on the tlc tip uh was left eye it was more left mm-hmm. eye as mm-hmm. the lead vocalist and then when they switched to crazy sexy cool <laughs> it was t-boz as the lead vocalist well, t-boz and, and chili yeah well yeah but it was mm-hmm. essentially left eye rapped and then t-boz mm-hmm. sang yeah um and commentators are like look that 
was a real turning point in TLC and mm-hmm. what the TLC sound would be mm-hmm. and what the TLC sort of mood and genre would be. Mm-hmm. In, a, in other words, they weren't just like a girl rap group. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. were this sort of R&B group that mm-hmm. had a girl rapper and T-Boz's voice was like a little bit deeper and mm-hmm. sultrier so it lent itself to like an R&B thing versus mm-hmm. Left Eye's voice was a little bit higher plus mm-hmm. the rap. It was more young and whatever. I kind of wonder if, because there were the three of them as well, if that sort of shift happened mm. between Poor Unfortunate Souls and whatever their first album was. Because mm. I kind of, in in as much as I am not a fan of the Jonas Brothers at all, I know more than I should <laughs> about them. And I feel that I know that Kevin, the middle one, the... The one that they haven't marked as a heartthrob, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate because I actually think he's probably the most decent one of the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also the one that's married. And he actually, the, the reason I was confused is he does have curly hair. Okay. Like, he, I think he was the, not if not the first one to play the instruments, like the first one to want to do the band. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he plays both the guitar and the drums mm-hmm. and he's like. I think he's the oldest. I feel like Joe, the lead singer, is not the oldest. I think you might be right, yeah. but I can't be certain. Yeah. But yet, so, you know, coming from the oldest thing, coming Mm -hmm. from the music thing, I think he's sort of more of like the purist, like Mm -hmm. the let's do something fun and something musically awesome. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel he was more of the impetus behind what was awesome about Poor Unfortunate Souls, which was the rock cover, Mm -hmm. you know, like the the sort of the jazzed up beat and the the, Mm -hmm. all of that. Then I think when the Disney Studios, whatever studios they use, got a handle on it. They turned it around and they were like, okay, well, Kevin, yes, you're the musician, but, and not that Joe and Nick aren't, but <clears throat> Joe's heartthrob material and Nick's just the small cute one, mm-hmm. let's put them in front. Mm-hmm. Let's do songs that highlight them. And sort of, it turned it around and became the pop sound that we now know to mm-hmm. be the Jonas Brothers, which is, let's be honest, less musically diverse mm-hmm. than anything else on the radio. Yeah. Um, And so I wonder if they had sort of a TLC switch like that. The other thing is they, I didn't love them. I'm not a fan of them, but I did like that they were part of the crop of new Disney youngins because for a minute before the Hannah Montana, actually right about Hannah Montana, but even like right before that, Mm -hmm. Disney had middle schoolers and i do mean middle schoolers Mm -hmm. like shows for middle schoolers about middle schoolers Mm -hmm. and then classic disney cartoons and classic disney movies which was fine Mm -hmm. but you know hannah montana started it and then there was this whole crop of disney high school shows Mm -hmm. which to me just harkened back into what i loved about disney when i was growing up like the mmc and the kids incorporated and those shows i just really loved because they quote unquote dealt with high school or dealt with teenage Mm -hmm. issues and so the jonas brothers and uh miley cyrus and selena gomez and demi lovato Mm -hmm. and all of the stars that sort of came in on that um, I liked the shows that they brought in to highlight the young Disney talent. I, of course, wish, that, and I still wish, they would go back to creating a new version of the Mickey Mouse Club mm-hmm. because I think it's just fun and I don't know why mm-hmm. they sort of leave it alone. Probably has something to do with copyright laws at this point, but they managed to get around it before. But also it probably is quite expensive with all of those kids. I mean, if they do it in the same vein... Yeah, but think about how many kids they currently have under contract. Yeah, but, like, a lot of them aren't kids. 
like yeah i'm saying like a lot of them are 18 to 20 but they play they play young little kids but i mean with the and maybe they could do the same for the mickey mouse club but you know they just with having those kids having teachers on set too that's true and the parents and all that yeah and all that type of stuff yeah you're right because they sort of went that way with the new so random which they had to revamp from sunny with a chance when demi lovato went into rehab and so Mm -hmm. so random is sort of like disney's newest variety show but you're right the all of the people on that show none of them are kids none of them are teenagers i don't think anymore and Mm -hmm. i don't think they were teenagers when they started Mm -hmm. versus mickey mouse club with carrie russell and sunny again all my people that i love when they started they were 15 yeah Um, or like 13 or 14 yeah 11 or 12 with like britney and justin so yeah you're right there was there's probably a lot more expense that went into that but Mm -hmm. oh i'd love to go back and see that studio so but anyway i do like the new crop of disney youngins i think there are a few gems in that new crop that haven't gotten their due yet but will uh one of them oh her name just went out of my head jen I can't think of her name. Jen something. She plays Harper on Wizards of Waverly mm-hmm. Place. Oh. I, uh, she's come again, Jen, on my Twitter feed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I think she has such potential mm-hmm. to do some really awesome mm-hmm. comedy. And she's really shown herself. She's, she's proven that she can hold that um, against someone who, I mean, I like Selena Gomez just fine, but she really doesn't have to do much to mm-hmm. get people to love her character because it is the lead character but mm-hmm. the character of harper could have come or could have gone mm-hmm. and jen she really um kept that character going and i think she's really good i also think jake austin who you know he's sort of been playing the side goofy character on wizards of waverly plays uh-huh. the brother but i think he could really break out and do some really awesome work in the future um there are a few kids from uh, sweet life on deck mm-hmm. that i think when they're given a chance to sort of spread their own wings are going to be really awesome. So I, and I always like that. I always like to watch them early and then find them later on. And I just, I do. Well, the one I told you that I was surprised and impressed with when I watched the movie Starstruck is Sterling Knight. Yes. Like I was like, whoa, he's really funny. Yes, like, he can do comedy really well. Did that timing like pretty great because I expected some crap. And I was prepared for it. That was why I watched it. I had my lovely glass of wine. And I was like, let me watch this stupid movie. I was like, well, she's kind of whiny, but he's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, I mean, they have the potential once they either get out of their Disney contracts or grow up a little bit and get themselves a little bit distant Mm -hmm. to be. I I could see them, especially if we continue with scripted shows (laughs) as characters on shows or even I wish them the best of luck characters in movies. I think they really they can handle it. And I can't wait to see them do this stuff and grow up. Yeah. So So. Jonas Brothers are they're a pop culture moment, but I can't see them going much further than Mm -hmm. they've gone as the iteration that they have been. I want to say they had a pretty good run of at least. Seven years, yeah, about maybe ten, like at the top. Do you think they will? They're like this younger generations and KOTB, and would we? We, I feel, our generation brought back in KOTB, like with all of our harping and stuff. And I, I mean, I distinctly remember calling and getting them on Total Request Live, like <laughs> getting that video. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> like get hang tough, and it got. Yes. We were trying to get it to number one. We got it to number two, just out of the blue. Yeah, you know, type of thing. And like I. Are they going to be this generation's NKOTB? And will they have a reunion tour NKOTB BSB? <laughs> I think they might be. I think they have something that none of the groups 
when we were growing up had, which is that they are family. So mm. the family aspect in terms yeah. of like a reunion thing is a lot easier to manage than five different individuals mm-hmm. who have five different family lives and everything. Yeah. I kind of see them more, I don't know why, as like boys to men, see, which is because, you know, yeah. Cooley High Harmony, they were young. It yeah. was, you know, it was cute. The four guys yeah. doing acapella. And then I feel there was a little bit of a break. Uh-huh. And then they came out with two and it was a totally different sound yeah. and it was a totally different feel. And they were like, we're grown now, whatever. And this is us. And it, it really sort of propelled them a few more years. <laughs> if they could pull off a switch like that. I think they could continue it. I don't know, but for somehow I just think they're done with their seven year. I feel like we're gonna get independent stuff from them. Yeah. Well, and Nick then, already has his independent. Yeah. Um, and then you know, but I'm just kind of like, will they for pop culture staying power? Like new, like regardless of of what you want to say as far as their songs go, definitely for my generation, and I feel future generation, new kids on the block are stamped. Boom. Yes, I think they're, they have. they're in. And I'm like, Jonas, for me, because I was not a part of the fandom, for me, they're a flash in the pan. But no, for I them, are they, they are, like stamped? Like They're stamped on, on the <laughs> hearts and minds and childhoods of the, of the gener- people. Because like, you know, because like I said, I didn't listen to them, but like certain NKOTB songs are a soundtrack to my life. And I feel like if I had been in school, even if I didn't like the Jonas Brothers, there would have been a song yes. that was a part of yes. like my third grade yes. that I really loved. And, yeah. and so thereby in 10 or 15 years, will I be like, let's, if Total Request Live or whatever is still on, dude, let's get the Jonas Brothers yeah. like blah, oh, yeah. blah, blah song to the top. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I have no doubt that that is the truth if you want to continue any of the conversations that we've started here you can follow us at my fave neighbors on twitter or through our blog which is my favorite neighbors.blogspot.com this is sis and this is squirt thanks for stopping by you'll You'll know us when when you see see us. us